What's up, everybody? My name is Lamont, and welcome back to the God is My Source podcast. We bridge the gap between God, money, health, family, and relationships. I got Sam I can win on today from the UK. You are you from the UK? Or are you from uh? <laughs> I'm from country? the. I'm I'm born and raised in the UK, Lamont. Um, yeah, born and raised in London, England. Um, but yeah. my family's originally from Nigeria, so we got the African vibes here as well. <laughs> Ah, we about to get into it. Sam, I'm <laughs> man of God. You feel me? Real estate investor. We're going to get into it today. This is going to be an amazing episode. I'm glad I can connect with somebody that's across the way, but a man of God of his stature. We about to get into it. We're going to start off with a word of prayer, and then we're going to talk to Sam about his testimony, what he has going on, and how man. God has brought him to where he is today. So let's bow our heads and let's get this going. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for just giving us an opportunity to be able to cross paths, Father God. We ask you to just speak through us on today so that we can bring souls closer to Christ. We ask you to just show us how to put you first and help us to open up doors and give people knowledge of things that they do not even know about, Father God. We ask you to just help us to just be mindful of everything that's going on in this world, Lord Jesus, Lord, so that we can be the beacon lights and shine your light so that we can have everlasting life. In Jesus' mighty name I pray, it is, so it shall be. Amen. 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 My man, Sam in the building. How's everything going for you? Everything's well today, Lamont. Uh, we're just grateful, thankful. It's a good time in the world. I know, obviously, we just spent the last two years running and ducking from information and news not even not even from a whole bunch of stuff so it's it's a it's an interesting time in the uk we're kind of trying to get back to normal right now um but yeah man god is good and that's what's important amen 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 so you say you got nigerian background that's right sir grew up in london so let's that's talk right. about that a little bit what's your testimony what has god brought you through because I found out when I was like, I think 21 or 22 years old, that it was a large population of black people. Because growing up in America, we're not taught that black people around the world. We think that we got black people here. We was enslaved and they came from Africa. But it's an entire group of black people spread out across the whole world. You got black people in Australia. You got black people in Ireland. You got black people in Russia, black people in South America. So let's talk about it. Yeah, that's right. So. Ah, where do I start with the testimony or the or the, or the or the diversity of the of the world? Like the thing that's interesting is, you know, in the UK, we're taught quite a lot about kind of the black culture in America. And I think that's because of land mass. So in the in the US, you guys have got so much land compared to like, you know, the in England or the UK. The UK is a small island. So as a result, we end up hearing about places like the US and how so many of us black folk ended up there. Um, and obviously a large proportion of people who are in the US, they ended up there in terms of being black through means of the slavery and that process. Uh, my family is originally from Nigeria. So my dad, he decided to come to the UK when he was like in his early 20s. And, you know, he after settling here for maybe like a year or two, he then flew back, um, got my mum. They were best friends at the time, brought her to the UK. They ended up getting married and then they ended up having children. So I'm one of uh, four boys. Uh, I've got three brothers. And, you know, God's brought us through a lot. Like, you know, first and foremost, family. My parents, they decided to get divorced when I was six years old. So mm -hmm. being six years old, you know, <laughs> again, this is something that many black families are kind of, they've, they've seen, you know, we've, we've been used to that, unfortunately. But I saw my parents get divorced when I was six, when I was 11, 
you know my mom used to drag me to church and i remember one day being 11 at home my mom came home one day and she said she lost her job now the thing that was crazy is my mom was working that job at that time for longer than i was alive she was working that job for like 15 years so she was working in a bank in london um and and one day they just they just let her go they just said you know what we don't need you anymore now at the time i didn't know the power of what had happened to me just observing my mum going through that but you know you got to think about this this is a woman who separated from her husband my dad's always been around but they weren't together anymore she's now got four boys and she's in a house where she's paying a mortgage and now she can't even pay the mortgage because she's got no job so i watched my mum at the age of 11 just like struggle to sell her house struggle to get rid of her property and i'm 11 years old i can't i can't work a job i, I can't do anything i can't help i can't support i can't change the situation so that was something that really hurt me as an 11 year old just watching that in terms of seeing my mom go through that so uh fast forward a little bit interestingly enough i get to like 12 13 years old and i start doing some maths so i've always been gifted when it comes to numbers so i started doing some maths and the maths i basically did was look my mom worked a normal job she got made redundant after 15 years of working the job my dad had his own business he always had his own business and my dad never looked rich so my kind of questioning at around 12 13 was what am i gonna do because everyone's telling me go to school you know get this degree that degree and when you get as many degrees as possible you can move forward from there but i'm looking at my mom who did everything that they're telling me to do and you know at the drop of a hat some guy says oh she's the name on the list today and he got rid of her i'm looking at my dad he's he's his own man he's his own boss and i'm looking at him and it's like hold on a minute daddy you don't look rich so the simple math for me was I needed to find a solution. And in East London, where I grew up, you know, I, no, you don't have to look far, but on the streets, you've got a lot of young black youths who are driving nicer cars, who look like they're living life with their bracelets, the jewelry and all of those things. So I got swept up into that world. You know, I, I saw that world. And, and again, this isn't because of ignorance. This was because of misguided intelligence. And, and this is an important thing to share. But that's what I was suffering from. I was suffering from misguided intelligence. I was so intelligent, able to work out that the job, the normal J-O-B wouldn't work for me based on what happened to my mom. Also deceived to think, oh, my dad didn't look like wealth. So therefore he didn't have wealth. So I assumed having your own business didn't work. So by doing that calculation, I saw these guys on the streets. I said, cool, this is the path for me. So I started selling drugs. Um, from selling drugs, I started committing fraud. Um, and fraud is kind of like a big thing in the UK where people are using like other people's credit cards and stuff like that. And through means of doing that stuff, I wound up celebrating my 18th birthday in prison, in juvenile prison. Mm. And it was interesting because for me Lamont that was like that was like it, you see so many people think prison in the UK or maybe in the US it's even more publicized but many people think prison is supposed to be reformative but one of the things I found is prison never reformed me prison didn't even support the reformation that I needed so I came out of prison the first time and I went back to the streets harder than ever I got sent back to prison for breach um, of my license which means basically misbehaving whilst you're supposed to be behaving and they sent me back to finish my sentence. Um, and then when I went back to prison again, came out. And again, I was just trying to get more serious when I came out with the wrong thing. Because that's what I was comfortable doing. And to me, that made sense. So my older brother says to me one day, hey, bro, listen, we're going back to college. And I'm like, listen, I'm not going to college because I make more money committing crime than people who work for a full time. So why would I go back to college? Now, if you know anything about the African culture, 
<laughs> there's this saying i think it's, it's in the america the way you guys will say it in the u.s is you don't have to ask me twice so <laughs> what basically happened is he said it to me the first time i said no he said it the second time and i knew what would happen if we got to a third time he'd basically beat me so <laughs> i said to my older brother all right cool we'll try this college thing and that year i, th I believe that year was 2004 but long story short, I was 19 year old, years old and my whole life transformed. Like God, mm -hmm. the way I say it to people is God kidnapped me that year. You know, so that year I enrolled in college and um, I was on an advanced course to, to get into university. But in that year, you know, God took everything away. You know, the relationships that I was in that I shouldn't have been in, you know, the, the, the habits, smoking, you know, smoking cannabis. God took that away. Um, you know, the, the dodgy dealings in terms of the crime I was committing, God took that away. Um, and then in terms of like testimonial like at the end of the academic year, I was awarded with the, with the certificate of my grades and I was told I got the highest grades across all different subjects in that academic year. And I think that was God trying to speak to me at a time when I wasn't really ready for the relationship. But he was showing me, look, I've called you. I've given you gifts. All you need to do is acknowledge it. And that was my problem at that time. I hadn't acknowledged it. So this is why I used to like, utilize those gifts and had, as I shared earlier, misguided um, information. So it's all about being aligned and understanding what God's really like speaking to you and how he's speaking to you. Because some people think, oh, he's only like, we, we speak to each other with our mouth. So some people think, oh, if I can't see someone with their mouth moving, they ain't speaking. But we don't realize God speaks through circumstance because he's bigger than that. God speaks through conversation because he's bigger than that. God speaks through anything because he's bigger than that. So if you are humble enough to believe that God is bigger than any situation, then you know God can speak through you to, speak to you through any situation. So, yeah, that's a bit about my testimony. Amen. Amen. He, got, he brought you out of darkness. You was in the <laughs> mix, finessing, making it happen. It sounds like that's crazy because... We don't come from the same region, but a lot a lot of the same stories, because I would never think that. I mean, I understand that we come from behind as uh, African, well, black people, because mm. that's how it was set up when it comes to slavery, because each country had their own hub of slavery. And we think that we were just enslaved because we was black. But no, we was enslaved because of our strength, uh, the way we can endure the weather. And so our actual people in Africa sold us to slavery because they already had us in slavery. It was like, they went there, they was like, what is going on here? They was like, this is an opportunity. And then I believe London actually, not London, but UK started it first. They started taking the 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 uh, Africans and they would start putting them in slavery. And then everybody else started seeing it happen. Christopher Columbus comes to America. He sees like, oh, it's a whole landmass here that I didn't know about, but it's already people here doing stuff. And then he just start, they just start doing the Atlantic slave trade from there. Hmm. And it's funny how they put us so far behind that it seems like every last one of us go on the same track until things are made whole for us. Because yeah. I would never even thought, me meeting you, we talking, that would be what you came out of. So that was amazing. Thank you, Lamont. You know, the thing is, I think what I'll take from what you're sharing, which I think we we, we start to learn is, a bunch of the issues that we deal with are what we call systemic issues like they're just mm -hmm. embedded in the system so for example when i did go to college i didn't i ended up going to university studying like four degrees at the end of those four degrees i ended up working in schools teaching a level and secondary maths so for you guys that's like k-12 um and, and and college maths 
So I was teaching maths to, to young blacks, you know, to, to children in East London schools where I came from. I wanted to give back. And as I started doing that, I just started realizing the same issues are systemic. And that's when for me, it was like, look, I need to find my way out of here. And I was praying about this thing like, God, look, I don't feel like I'm supposed to be bound to a 40,000, 50,000 a year salary. Like you need to open up those doors for me because you speak in Malachi about, you know, opening up the windows of heaven and pouring out blessing. Like I need more because at that time I was married. I had my first two children. I'm saying, look, God, I need, I need, I need abundance because if I don't have financial abundance, how can I take care of these loved ones you've given me? But more importantly, how can I create the impact that you've called me to actually create in the world? So when I had that on my heart, that's when the Lord started to speak to me about, no, like I've given you everything in your hands. And this is why I say to you, Lamont, like a lot of what we're talking about is systemic issues. What do I mean? So there's a book I keep on my desk a lot of the time. It's called The Two Income Trap. Okay. This is written by actually American authors. It's a mother and daughter team. And in this book, I'll read the subtitle so you get what it says. It says, why middle class parents are still going broke. Now, the reason I keep that book by my desk is to remind me of when I was working full time, I was on a salary of like 49,000. My wife was working full time. She was on a salary of like 29,000. In our household, we were bringing in like 80,000 pounds every year, but we weren't getting ahead. And that didn't make sense to me. Like, how can we be making 80,000 pounds coming from where I came from and we're still not getting ahead? And it was the kind of information that they break down in that book that, listen, there's a system that is set up to make you lose. So when you understand that, that's when you, you, you know, these authors aren't black, you know, these authors aren't black. But when you understand that there's a system set up to make you lose, even with two incomes, then you, you only have to do some basic maths to understand, well, if you're black, <laughs> there's, there's equally a system set up to, to keep you in a different kind of cage. So mm, that's crazy. You wouldn't even, <laughs> people wouldn't even know this. So it's probably like this in every single country. And then this led you to venturing off, getting into entrepreneurship because the Sam I can win, we was just talking earlier. I can win is a playoff of your last name. So God already had destined you for Amen. greatness. Amen. I hear that. I hear that. And, you, and you're right. Like, if I'm going to be honest, Lamont, I, I feel as though God was calling me to entrepreneurship from day one. Like, you see, this is the power in life. There's three things I feel like we need. And, and I thank God for the book of Kings. We read throughout the Old Testament that this is what Solomon asked for when he had a dream and God said, you know, what do you want? He, he created an offering. He gave God a whole bunch of stuff. And God was like, listen, what do you want? You know, you got my attention. What do you need? And the three things I feel like we all need as human beings is hindsight, insight and foresight. Hindsight, insight and foresight. What most people don't realize is hindsight is being able to look back and say, oh, this is what happened. Insight is being able to look into a situation and saying this is what's happening. And then foresight is being able to look ahead of a situation and say this is what's going to happen. And Solomon literally asked for that. He said, look, give me the wisdom so I can take care of your people. So give me an understanding where I can learn from people that have come before me. That's that hindsight. So I can look into situations going on in front of me. That's that insight. And so I can lead your people where we need to go. That's that foresight. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like people need hindsight, insight, foresight. So now looking back at when I was 11, and I watched my mom. What I now know is my mom was the first ever motivated seller I ever met. So now in our actual business, um, Impact Properties, what we do is we help people who are in challenging situations who need to sell their house with speed. But I, I was being shown that as an 11-year-old, but I never realized. Fast forward to 12, 13, 
I'm looking, I'm doing the maths. I'm saying, hold on, I can't work a normal job because my mom tried that, it doesn't work. I can't have my own business because my dad tried that, it didn't work. You see, I was trying to find solutions. Well, who, who finds solutions in the marketplace today? That's, that's the role of an entrepreneur. So I feel like now as an adult, as I look back with that hindsight, I realize, oh, snap, God, you were trying to call me to entrepreneurship from a youth, but I wasn't ready for that. And, and some of that is me, some of that is my community, some of that is my parenting, you know, because if you don't have a community around you where they can identify your gift, again, I'll give you a, a quick example, biblical example to help us all. We got our man Joseph, you know, Joseph in the book of Genesis. This guy wakes up one day, he says, oh fam, I got a dream, I had a dream. This is what happened in the dream. Now, nobody says to him, hey Joe, you got a gift, man. Let's start utilizing your gift. Let's start teaching you how to get better with your gift. Let's start putting your gift out there in the marketplace and making bucks. No. You know what happens? The complete opposite. His brothers take a disdain. They rough him up. They throw him in the world. They sell him as a slave. You see? And this is what happens sometimes to our young brothers, our young sisters. You see, in the UK, I used to work in schools. We get these young children in schools. They're gifted. They're intelligent. The teacher isn't isn't intelligent enough to keep them engaged in the class so these young children act up and then they start saying oh this child's got adhd oh this child's got this problem or that problem or this letter of the alphabet what they don't realize is no this guy's so intelligent you are not keeping him engaged with your lackadaisical education so this is why sometimes as a community as individuals as people we have to have our eyes open so we can spot gifts, we can spot talents, we can spot entrepreneurship, as you mentioned. And I just didn't spot it as a youth. And I'm just grateful that God allowed me to be able to walk in that as I got older and as I got more serious about the things of God. Mm -mm. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. All your Amen. ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That's right. So he directed your path. First, he was working with the, the youth. But you was actually being in a position to where you was able to transform their mindset as someone didn't wasn't able to do for you. Mm -hmm. And then it led you into entrepreneurship and it led you into impact properties. Let's talk about impact properties for a second. What did God lead you to do when it comes to the real estate market in London? Awesome. That's powerful. So I right, I'll give you I'll give you a little little backstory. So when I was in secondary school, which is like high school in the US. Um, we do this thing called work experience when you're like in year, like just your last year of, of high school. So you get an experience of working a job for like two weeks. So I went to work. So my first ever part-time job, I worked in a shoe shop. I was basically selling shoes. Okay. And, you know, it's funny because they offered me a job after that. And I took the job. It was like a Saturday, Sunday job. So I'm like 15, 16 years old. And my first ever job is selling shoes. And this is, I'm going to bring out some nuggets from this because I think this is powerful for the people who are listening and watching as well. So imagine this, you're selling shoes. How much is my hourly salary? My hourly salary is like $4, $5. Let's call it, let's call it five pounds. Let's just make it simple. Five pounds or like $7 an hour. So I'm getting paid $7 an hour, five pounds an hour to sell shoes. What knowledge do I need to do that? I just need to be able to put shoes on people's feet. I just, be, I just have to be able to count numbers and see, oh, that's a size 13, that's a size 8, okay? So fast forward now, I go study these four degrees. From studying these four degrees, I'm now working as a teacher and then I become a lead practitioner. So as a lead practitioner, my job, my main job is to teach other teachers how to teach. So I teach A-level maths, I teach secondary math, but I also teach teachers how to teach because I was recognized as a skillful teacher. Teacher. 
Now, part of that is because I, I wasn't really teaching. I didn't know this. Again, that's why we need that hindsight. But what I was actually doing is I was coaching my students, not teaching my students. And this is something we teach in some of the training that we offer as well. I was coaching my students. And then when I started teaching teachers how to teach, I was doing the same thing. I was coaching the teachers. I didn't know that, but that's what I was actually doing. So whilst I was working in schools, I kept finding that I was doing real estate outside. I was doing property deals, you know, you know, not regularly, but maybe like once every two years, I'd do a property deal. So when I'd come to school, I'm teaching high-level maths, like A-level students. So these are, these are first-year, second-year college students in the US. And I'm teaching them like high-level calculus, all of those kind of things that nobody ever wants to use after they leave school. So I'm breaking examples down. And in all my examples, I'm talking to them about property. Because for me, I know the best way to teach people is to use the right context to give them the content. So I'm, the context I chose was not what was in the books. I started saying, well, let me use real estate. Let me use property because this is a simple way to convey an idea. Everybody knows property to some degree. You might, you might think, oh, I don't know enough about property. Well, you do know that some people pay rent, right? And you do know that some people have a mortgage, right? And you do know that there must be a difference because the two words are different, right? And you do know that that's a house, right? And that's not a house. That's a condo or that's a flat or that's a... You, so, the, so much of the language in property is obvious we already know it this is why when people say to me oh bro i want to get into crypto i'm like okay cool but you know 90 percent of the language of cryptocurrency you're gonna have to learn right and they're like yeah and i'm like but you know in real estate or property 90 percent of the language you already know right and that's when they're like oh snap i've already got an unfair advantage i'm like yeah which most people don't realize because most people don't have their eyes open like i said earlier to see the gifts to see what's already in front of them so I'm doing these deals, I'm teaching these students and I'm using property as an example all the time. So what happens now is these students start saying to me, oh, sir, teach me like what you're actually doing in property. So I'm like, oh my gosh, these young guys actually want to know. They're 17, 18, but they actually want to know. Now I can't do that because of school, because of the curriculum and the time frame and all of that. But what I realized from them asking me was that I could create a bigger impact in children's lives, in young people's lives, in other people's lives if I went full-fledged into the entrepreneurship and I gave up the day job. And again, let me let me break the math down. You got no qualifications, okay? Because this is how time is valuable. You got no qualifications. You're selling shoes, $7 an hour, £5 an hour. You got four degrees. I only needed three of them, but let's say you got four, three degrees and now you're teaching teachers how to teach on a 50K a year salary. So that all of those free messages, the how I moved from $7 an hour to £49,000 an hour and equally how the young children were asking me to teach them about property, that helped me realize, Samuel, you need to make a shift because it's not about what you're doing, it's about what you know. So then I started seeking what we call specialized knowledge, not just conventional knowledge, not degrees, certificates and qualifications, but specialized knowledge. Like how do you invest in property with little or none of your own money? That was really my main question because I didn't have tons of money at the time. So from researching and studying that, I didn't jump in full time because in 2012, I got married and my wife, like she, she's just been my biggest accountability partner. She's always just saying to me like, when are you going to focus on your property dreams? When are you going to focus on your ministry dreams? When are you going to focus on your educational dreams? So it was that heart of passion and fire coming from my wife that led me to say, okay, cool, let's do this. So I think even the thing you brought up Lamont about the name, like my surname is Ikimwin. That's how we pronounce it in English. But the end, W-I-N, win, you know, we have it on the wall in the office and 
from young people just be like i can win i can win so that's been a constant reminder to me as well that look i can do anything i can do anything all i have to do is believe and then you know what happens when you start reading the scripture and the scripture says all things are possible to them who believe so that just changed everything for me because it was like hold on a minute i'm serving a god who tells me i can actually make anything happen as long as i believe okay let's get into partnership so it was really my relationship with god that inspired me to go into entrepreneurship full-time and then with the backing of my wife really encouraging me you know there was there was nowhere else to go so we had to do it so impact properties now is a free strand business it's an investment company we spend a lot of our time um speaking to investors high net worth individuals sometimes just usually you know your your local auntie uncle mums and pops kind of people who have revenue they have money they've saved up maybe from their business maybe from work and they put that money in the bank and in the bank that money is making 0.01 percent interest and it doesn't make any sense mathematically but the reason they do that is not because it's the best thing for them it's because they've been taught to do that our schools teach us put the money in the bank so we put the money in the bank not because it's best for us so that's one of our strands of our business. We help those people get better returns on their money by taking their money, putting it into property deals. When we finish with those property deals, we pay them their money back with an interest, a better interest than the bank. The second thing that we've been doing is basically helping people who need to sell their house with speed. So there's multiple cases you find. You get people that are getting divorced because they're getting divorced. They need to separate their assets real quick before the judge forces them to separate their assets in a way they don't want to. You get people who are migrating. So someone who just got a promotion, but he has to move to Singapore. Well, if you got to move to Singapore in eight weeks and you own a house and you want to sell the house, most people can't sell that house in the in the reasonable time frame. So we come in and we will help them sell that house with speed. So there's multiple different cases, but there's some examples. Another example is downsizing. You get people, they got this massive four bedroom house. They had the two, three children, children finished college. Now they've gone off and they got married. They've left the home. Now husband and wife, you know, the knees ain't doing what the knees used to do. So now they can't walk up the staircase. So they say, okay, let's downsize. So now they want to go and move into what we call a bungalow or a house with one floor. So because they want to downsize, their house needs to be sold. And sometimes if there's health implications, they need to sell the house with speed again. So any situation where someone needs to sell their house with speed, that's our second side. That's where we help them through means of offering them that speed. And then obviously we utilize the money that comes from the investment side. And then the third strand of the business is coaching and training. So we coach and train people on how to understand the fundamentals of property slash real estate investing. And the moment you understand the fundament fundamentals, you can't go wrong. And what we find in the UK, there's a lot of people telling people, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that. But what happens is it creates a lot of confusion. And the reason it creates confusion is because I, I'll give you this analogy, something that I, I like to share with people. So since the year 2000, they've said to us, we're now in the information age. Okay, I want you to remember that we're in the information age, apparently. So in business, one of the first le lessons I learned in business, and we should all learn this if we're into entrepreneurship or business, is everything moves of supply and demand. That makes sense, right? Everything moves of supply and demand. So when there's a high supply of a product and there's a low demand, we know what happens. The price goes down because not many people want it, but there's so many of them. But equally, when there's a high demand, think Apple, think, think all of the families that are waiting outside in the queues from 5 a.m., okay? High demand, but low supply, i.e. Apple's only selling 800 units today in that store. What happens is the price goes up. And this is how we have premium priced products. The premium priced product comes because you've got high demand and low supply. What most people don't realize is in today's day and age, we have a high supply of information. 
we got such a high supply of information because of portals like YouTube, portals like Google, etc. We as human beings, we haven't got a strong enough demand. So what does that mean? It means the information that is out there becomes less valuable. And most human beings don't know that. So you want to learn how to invest in property. You want to know how to move forward in real estate. You know what most people do? They jump on the University of YouTube. But what they don't realize is the University of YouTube is not as valuable as you think it is. Because it's not just about the knowledge. It's about a key word which people forget, which is called organized information, not just information. Now, let me, give, let me wrap this up and give you exactly what I mean. So I showed you guys this book earlier, right? Now, how comes a book today, 2022, 2023, 2024, whichever year you're in, how comes a book is still $10, £10, £20, £50, however much, let's just say £50, okay? I got a $100 bill, so we use that. So let's just say, for example, let's say a book is around $100 or let's say a book's $10. We can get 10 books with this $100 bill, okay? Now, here's the issue with this. How comes a book still retains its value today that 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, it would have had? 40 years ago, you're still paying $10 for a book. How comes it retains its value? I'm going to show you how. Because of one thing that comes, usually around page three, okay? It might not be numbered page three, but you know what I'm talking about. Usually early in the book, there's one page and that page we know as the contents page. Why does the contents page help the book retain its value? Because the contents page is the key to telling you that that book is what we call organized information. So sometimes people go on the University of YouTube, I want to learn how to do real estate. And they see one video and it says, oh, you need to do subject two deals. Okay. Then someone goes on to another video. And for my UK, if anyone's watching this from the UK, subject two is an American strategy. Okay. So it's not something you can do in the UK. All right. But in the, in the UK, we have this, we, we talk about lease options. In the US, you guys talk about lease options as well. So let's say someone says, oh, I want to go YouTube and learn about lease options. Okay. But you've got three different guys, three different gurus telling you how to do it three different ways. And what's going to happen? You're going to get confused. Why? Because you don't have organized information. So this is one of the things I always tell people, don't think all information is equal because the problem in our day and age is there is a high supply of information and a lower demand. So as a result, the value is gone. So you should pay money if you can find organized information in the niche or in the area that you need in order to help you move further faster in your journey. Oh, definitely. He said wisdom is the principal thing and all you're getting, you better get an understanding. That's right. He gave us the source, the understanding of the real estate market. So once you transition into this real estate, into your real estate business, how do you uh, how do you organize this information to give to the students? That's that's OK. That's a powerful question. So <laughs> that's a powerful question. All right. So I'm going to take you a little bit back. So 2017, what I started doing is creating resources. OK, mm -hmm. so in 2017, I, I realized that there were free keys to understanding or to being able to successfully execute in the real estate world okay what are those three keys the first is your time okay most people who want to do real estate for real they work full-time so because you work full-time or you got a job or you're hustling in some way shape or form maybe your own business you don't have the time to really do real estate so because you don't have the time to really do property you know what you got to do you got to leverage other people's time okay so I, I you know i use this analogy all the time elon musk okay last year at some point for like three minutes they said this guy was the richest man in the world all right it was longer than three minutes but you know what i mean so last year they say for a few for a few for a little while elon musk is the richest man in the world okay but do you know that elon musk has 24 hours in every day just like you just like me okay so how does this guy get labeled for a few minutes 
richest man in the world when he's got the exact same time as you and me? Well, the one of the major ways is because he knows how to leverage his time. So let me give an example. I created this resource in 2017. It's called Team 10. And the subtitle is Discover Your Property Power Team. So in that resource, we teach people the 10 key people they need in order to build a successful property power team. Now, why is that important? Well, it's important because if you've got 10 people investing one hour in a day in your property business, you've now turned your one hour into 10 hours because mm. you're not leveraging time. So you can work a full-time job, but still have 10 hours being invested into your property business every single day. You see mm -hmm. the power of that. You see, so now you can create wealth, you can build wealth, you can, you can acquire properties, you can control properties, you can start doing stuff you could never do before because you're leveraging people's time. So Team 10 was the first way we started packaging resources and um, started packaging that information and organizing that information was creating resources. So Team 10 was the first. The second thing I realized is people need to understand that real estate is not about knowing one strategy. It's about knowing multiple strategies. It's like a plumber. If a plumber comes into your house and he only knows how to fix a sink, the problem is if you ask him to fix your shower, listen, you ain't having a shower tomorrow because he only knows how to fix a sink. So you can wash your hands tomorrow, but you can't wash your body. So I said to myself, you know what? We need more strategies. We don't need to just know one or two ways to make money from property. So I created this resource around the same time I created Team 10. So this is called 30 Ways in 30 Days. The subtitle says multiple ways to generate revenue using property. Now, why did I want to help people understand multiple ways? Not so they get confused, but so they understand. Listen, if I speak to someone who's motivated to sell, someone who needs to sell with speed, I don't want to go in there with, a, you know, as a one trick pony. Just saying to myself, oh, this has to be a lease option. This has to be a lease option. Oh, would you would you accept a lease option? No. Okay. Now you're back out the door with your tail between your legs. So the way it's supposed to work is you are supposed to have a plethora of knowledge. You're supposed to have four or five different things you know you can offer this person. So when you go into the house, it's not about you. It's about them. How can I help you? What's your situation? What are you trying to achieve? And then the moment you understand them, let me even break this up and give some give a nugget that's going to help everyone. What most people don't realize as believers is Jesus showed us that we need to become masters of questions and not necessarily masters of answers. You see, most people are searching for answers in their life, but they don't realize you need to get really good at asking questions because a great question will always introduce you to an answer. How do I know that? Well, you I used to teach maths, so let me use the maths example, okay? So if I give you the answer, my favorite number seven, if I give you the answer seven and I say, oh, Lamont, how did you make seven? You might say to me, oh, Samuel, five plus two. Someone else might say three plus four. Someone else might say six plus one. You see what's happened again? Confusion. You see, you've got the answer, but if I ask you to replicate the answer, their confusion comes in. Whereas if we work it backwards and I give you the question, hey, Lamont, five plus two, there's only one answer. So we all day, we got to get comfortable with questions. What does God say to Cain? He says, hey, Cain, where's your brother at? Hey, Cain, what did you do to your brother? You see, God's been asking questions from day one. We have to get good at asking questions. It's the God way of doing things. Mm. So 30 ways in 30 days allows people to walk in and not be thinking of one strategy, but be thinking, how can I help the person? It's about service to that person. So the strategy that works best for them and is a win for me, that's the strategy we're going to execute. So that's why we created that. And then we created one more resource called Property Investors A to Z because I kept finding people didn't understand certain words in the property field. So we just created a resource from A to Z 
defining different words in real estate or property for the UK. So that was the first way we were organizing information by creating video resources. And then I realized, listen, just like when I was working in school, you give someone a video, yeah, they're going to watch the information, but they're probably going to end up with a few questions. So who's going to answer their questions? Because, you know, with those resources, they got a DVD or they got instant access online, but who's going to answer their question? So what we ended up doing is we ended up creating a five-day challenge. So on that five-day challenge, what we do is we spend five days methodically teaching people how to create cash flow to change their whole financial situation using property as a vehicle. So that's that's how we transitioned from creating resources mm -hmm. to organize that information to actually creating effectively a small five-day curriculum. Mm, a curriculum to create winners. That's right. That's <laughs> hard. It. You feel me? Hey, so, so once you started creating this curriculum and you started creating these winners, what were some different things that you started to notice as a challenge for these individuals to get to the next level? That's powerful. That's powerful. So the free, the free challenges I usually see. So we, since starting doing our challenge, we got a bunch of other training that we offer people, but the free, the free real big hurdles, obstacles and challenges I see with people. One of them is knowledge. One of them is time. One of them is money. And that's the three major hurdles, the money hurdle. People come into the program believing they don't have enough money to buy real estate, to buy property, so therefore it can't work for them. And I say to them, listen, if you can use someone else's money, which is what we call OPM, other people's money, if you can use other people's money, what's going to stop you in the money aspect? And then the person that the light bulb comes on, hold on a minute, that's true. If I can use other people's money, then nothing's going to stop me in the money aspect, okay? And then I ask them a question. I say, well, look, do you drive? Most people say to me, yeah, I drive. Okay, how did you learn to drive? Okay. And they say to me, well, I had an instructor, you know, I took lessons. They tell me all of these things. I say to them, well, listen, you do know that driving, learning to drive is not about the resources you have. It's about your resourcefulness, right? And that's when it like comes on like, oh, I get it. I get it. Because when most people learn to drive, especially in the UK, they don't already own a car. So it's not about the car you have that's going to determine whether you can learn to drive. Mm -hmm. When most people learn to drive in the UK, they usually don't know how to drive when they start learning how to drive. So it's not about the knowledge they have when they start. It's about their willingness to be coached, their willingness to sit under someone who knows and say, I'm going to listen to the teacher. I'm going to listen to the coach. I'm going to, he's going to call the play. I'm going to run the play and we're going to get the results. So I say to them all the time, the money hurdle is overcome when you learn from someone who uses other people's money, how to use other people's money. So I just shared with you our business model. One strand of our business model is helping investors get better returns on their money. So what does that mean? We use other people's money to do our property deals. Okay. So that's the first thing. Money, I always see that as a hurdle. Second thing I see as a, mod, as a hurdle is time. Now, obviously, if we rewind back to what I shared earlier, the whole Elon Musk situation, I just teach them how to leverage other people's time. Use the principles that I teach in Team 10 and understand that you can build a successful property power team. 90% of those people, you don't even have to pay them up front. Because the good thing about property, especially in the UK, is you get paid to play. What does that mean? Well, it's probably similar in the US. It's actually the same in the US. So if you walk into a realtor's office in the US, which we call an estate agent here in the UK, that realtor, that estate agent will take you out and show you hundreds of properties if they believe you're going to actually buy something. They will show you hundreds of properties. How much money would they ask you for up front? Nada. Why? 
because in real estate, 90% of the service providers get paid on your success. Mm. So the real estate agent doesn't get paid until you buy something. So they can work for you. They can find resources, properties. You know, they, they can do stuff for you without you paying them. And it's not only the realtors. There's so many other people. So this is why we created Team 10 to help people understand that. So time becomes the second issue. But I just tell people all the time, learn to leverage time. And then you can build whatever you want to build. Like, even if we rewind Genesis chapter 11, the Bible talks about the Tower of Babel. And it says all the people were in one language, in one accord. And they said, we're going to build this tower. It's going to reach the heaven. God comes down and says, hold on a minute. If they keep going like this with unity, understanding the same language, working together, team, nothing's going to be out of their reach. That's the biblical model for how you're going to become successful in property. You just have to build a team and you have to be unified. You have to have a common goal. And obviously, this is some of the stuff that we teach people on the five day challenge. So the third thing besides the money and besides the time is the knowledge. And again, it goes back to the same thing as the driving school. How did you learn how to drive? By submitting yourself to someone who already knew. You see, I got, I got taught something when I was 19, Lamont, from my first ever coach. And I, I remember this thing like, like I was told this yesterday because it's always in my mind. And what he said to me is, Samuel, why take 70 years to learn what you can learn in seven hours from someone who had to take 70 years in order to learn it? And that just woke me up because what he was saying is, look, you can read a book. Now, today, we didn't even have all the audio books when I was 19 years old, the way we got it now. You can read a book, listen to a book, six hours long, three hours, four hours, seven hours long. And in that seven hour book, you might have a 70 year old, you know, a, a kingpin, a, a guru, who, whatever, whatever you're looking for, the autobiography of someone who's great. But you will have the wisdom, the gems, the jewels of someone who had to be 70 to be able to write those wisdom, those jewels and those gems. But you don't need to wait till you're 70 to have that anymore. You can just you can suck that up in seven hours. So this is how at the age of 19, I became an avid reader. I just started reading, 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 reading. I was reading so much stuff. Like my main thing was leadership. I just liked reading leadership books. So I read a lot of John Maxwell, a lot of uh, Miles Monroe. But then as I fast forwarded and I started getting into the real estate, I started reading a lot of property books. I was just reading property book after property book. Why? Because that was the field I was interested in. I wanted those 70 year olds information in those seven hour snippets. So again, that's just hopefully some encouragement for the people listening. Like you don't have to wait 70 years to learn what you can learn in seven hours by reading a book of someone who had to take 70 years to learn it. So these are the ways that we started, you know, s s pro providing that information and helping people to move forward through each of those main hurdles that we see of the time, the money, and also the knowledge. Amen, amen. You know, I don't know if y'all had the same problem in the UK, but in America, our demographic of people, they don't really always understand the importance of paying for information, understanding mm. consulting, understanding coaching. And me personally, within the last few years, I started understanding the importance of, of, of seeking information from other people. The Bible tells us to seek counsel. Jesus tells the disciples that who will wage war without a plan. So we just going into this, like you said, going YouTube University, thinking we can figure it out. But if we just take some time, take that same money that we use in the purchase consumer goods that we possibly don't even need, 
or scaling back our lives so that we can get to the bare bones or bare minimum. It's going to be uncomfortable for a while. But if we use that money to purchase the things that we need and purchase guidance, it's no way we can lose, honestly, because we're we're taking advice from people who already took the losses that we're going to run into. And now we're going we're gonna to hit the ground running in 18 months. You got a million dollar business because you, what do you say? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. If you That's seek right. ye first the kingdom of God, he going to provide for you because he going to put those things in your mind. He going to give you the ideas. He going to give you the counsel. He going to give you the money. So when you go into these things thinking, well, how am I going to do it? Like you said earlier, people are like, how am I going to do it? Or what am I going to do? No, you seek the counsel. You seek the counsel from God. He going to tell you who to seek out. He going to give you the ideas by showing you your purpose, showing you your gifts and how to use them. And then you're going to pay somebody with the money that he gave you to get you to your expected end. That's why we got to put God first. And that's that's powerful what you've been talking about, because you identify that once you scale back from your wicked ways and you seek him, when you was in jail, you ain't had nothing else but God. And I already know what time it was. You you already know you was like, God, I don't know what to do. But you came out. You still rough around the edges. You cleaned yourself up a little bit. God put you in an environment that can, you feel me, incubate you. So now you're teaching other people. You're learning your gift. you understand what's going on. you understand your purpose. Then your mm-hmm. wife, your accountability partner, she later like, hey, hey, what, what's up with, with the stuff you told me when, uh, when I married you, like, because if you ain't going to do it, like, what, what are we doing this for? You, now you're like, you're right. That's you right. Step into your purpose. You feel what I'm saying? God start downloading ideas into you. You start mm-hmm. growing a little bit more. You start creating companies. Mm-hmm. Now you're running what we call it in America. We call it a fund. So you, sometimes mm-hmm. you got hedge funds. You got private equity funds. You got real estate funds. So you mm-hmm. basically now you got a pool of investors. You creating a fund. Now you teaching them. Now you identifying problems within the marketplace you solving those problems adding value that's what miles mm-hmm. road tell us he said you add value you got to get paid for it that's right and now you got a you got a business that's just it, it's running by itself that's right that's right lamont you see what you're sharing i hope people are just taking notes because you even the you know the things you just shared you're dropping gems like let me put it this way it's like when you mention that thing about Okay, so, okay, let me answer your question first. Yes, in the UK, there's also this big thing about investing in yourself where people are scared or people aren't wise enough to understand the power of investing in themselves. Now, I love what you did. You shared about, you know, Jesus advising people. Listen, you got to do this. Disciples invest. Like, let me share it like this. This is how I see it. My favorite parable in the whole Bible, Matthew 13, 44. The reason it's my favorite parable is because I don't know how Jesus does this stuff. But you got a whole parable in one verse. That's why for me, it's just like, nah, this is my favorite parable. Because he tells the whole story in one verse. Like this is, that's clutch, you know? So he tells the story. He says, look, a man goes and finds treasure. When he finds treasure, he hides the treasure in the field where he found it. He goes, gets rid of everything he owns. He goes, sells his stuff and goes and buys the land to acquire the treasure. You see, what most people don't realize is the things you have, you only have them for you to get the things you want. Most people, most people don't have a clue about that. Most people don't realize, look, the Bible breaks this down in so many ways. It says God gives seed to the sower. 
So if you want something bigger than what you got, you got to recognize everything you got as just a seed. Because if if your car's a seed, then now you can acquire a, a tree of that car if you plant that tree, uh, if you plant that seed, excuse me. But what most people do is they see all their stuff as the tree. They see all their stuff as the fruit and they don't realize all that stuff can become the root. And if you make it the seed, you allow it to go into the ground and die to you, that thing can come back tenfold, twentyfold, hundredfold. So I, I, I really got turned on to this probably about 2016. So it's not even too long ago. It was really 2014, but on a, in a big way in 2016. And, you know, what that really was for me was in our business, we were looking for more investors, more higher end investors. And the question was, again, as an entrepreneur, I had to solve the question, the problem. The problem was, how do I find more higher end investors? So I had this epiphany and I believe it was the Lord just directing my steps. And what I realized is in the UK, there's a lot of networking events for property investors, but it's like 20 pounds, 20 bucks to get into those events. So I started paying the 20 pounds. I was going into these events, going into these events. And from going to, into these events, I kept meeting people who say, yeah, I'm going to buy properties. I'm going to this, I'm going to that. But when it will come to the actual signing the document or paying the money, these people were wasting time. And I kept saying, why do these people keep wasting time? So then the light bulb comes on one day. Well, hold on a minute. You met them in a room. You only paid 20 pounds to get into the room. So then I heard of some guy who was running a training program for property investors, 20K to play. You got to pay 20,000 pounds. I think it was 16,000 pound plus VAT in order to get into the training program. And the training program will last for a year. So I said, I'm in, you know, I rolled the dice. I'm in. Why am I in? The reason I'm in is because I might have been using my last 20,000 to get into that room. <laughs> but the difference is the majority of the people who are going to be in that room, they ain't lose, using their last 20,000. They're using a spare 20,000. So what does that mean? That means now I took what I thought was my harvest and I turned it into a seed mm -hmm. in order to give me access into a place where multiple people had planted that kind of a seed. And again, it's like any farmer, whilst you're planting your last seed, you best believe the farmer next door, he, he's, he's planted that his last seed five years ago and has got five, 10, 20, 100 trees and he's now not planting his last seed. He's planting seeds from his abundance. So that's what happened. We got into the room. We ended up meeting a whole bunch of investors, people that paid 20,000 pounds to get in the room. So it shifted everything. And this is one thing I remind people, like if you play small, you're going to meet people who play small because people that play small, they all frequent the same locations together. But if you play big, you're going to meet people that play big because those people frequent the same places equally together. So Hopefully that's some value for people to understand. Matthew 13, 44, man. If you, if you find treasure, don't do what so many people do and lean back. No, 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 no. If you find treasure, you lean in. You got, you got to lean in. You got to say, okay, I'll, I'm going to leave this here right now. Let me put some, some branches over that so no one else goes finds it before me. But let me lean in. You know, so I, I liken that to hearing influential people. Like if someone's watching this today and they're getting value, don't just like turn this off. Oh, wow. I heard this great podcast. No, like go deeper. Like how do I follow this speaker? How do I follow Lamont more? How do I hear who the other speakers are he's going to have? Like you, you got to lean in if this is of value for you. Because if this is of value and you lean in, you can get more value. But if this is of value and you lean out, where are you going to find the same value if you just heard value here? It's going to be here. So hopefully that helps people who are listening to this. Amen. Amen. He said, wisdom is a principal thing and all you're getting, you better get an understanding because if you That's get right. the understanding, 
you can learn how to use your gift, use your talents. Because some reason we think our skills and our talents is is that's it. But for some reason we think our gifts and our talents is what we what we just gonna use. But no, we supposed to use them, like you just said, to purchase the land, purchase the actual things that we need to accomplish our assignment. So I appreciate you for, for hopping in on here. I know you got to get up out of here. You talked about some powerful things, man. You talked about you, some powerful things. And and we're going to have you on again. I'm going to come to the UK. I'm, I'm calling it now. You feel me? I'm coming to the UK. We're going to do it in person. We're going to chop it up. We're going to, we might even, matter of fact, we're going to invest in some UK real estate because that's what we're going to do. You feel me? That's what we're going to do. He Love said, you. uh, he said, ask and it should be given unto you. You feel what I'm saying? Like he said, Matthew, mm-hmm. Matthew 11, 23, he said, if you, if you believe that the mountain can go into the ocean, <laughs> you can have whatever you say. That's so we're going to do it. And I appreciate you for logging on. Where can they find you at? So, like I mentioned earlier, we do a five-day challenge. Um, you can, go, well, I'm, I'm everywhere. So you can find me on Facebook. You just gotta search Samuel I Can Win. You can find me on Instagram. Same Samuel I Can Win. Um, I don't know what other platforms there are out there, but yeah, Facebook, Instagram, we're there. YouTube, we're out there. Samuel I Can Win as well. Just dropping gems in terms of real estate, property, UK based as well. Um, and then also we do the five day challenge. And those of you who are watching this, if you're getting value and you think it will be of value to you, you can join us on our five day challenge as well. Uh, we got VIP options for those of you who are VIP, five days of Q&A unlimited um, in our VIP session where you can ask any questions you want for a whole 60 minutes each day. Um, and then obviously we got general participants who will join as well. I think in dollars, how much is that? In dollars, I think to join the challenge is like $333. And if you want to go VIP, it's like $600. And for the UK crowd in pounds, £247 to join and 444 if you want to come in as a VIP. Amen, amen. Make sure y'all check out Sam I Can. You feel me? Samuel I Can on all social media. This is a great episode. I appreciate you for logging on with us. As we close out today, can you end with a word of prayer? I will definitely do that, Lamont. Definitely. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for this opportunity for, you know, your brethren to dwell together in unity. That was your word. That's what you said we should not forsake. So, Father God, I pray as you have called out for the for brethren to fellowship together, I pray that the listeners, those who are watching this, tuning into this in any way, shape or form, I pray that you also create for them a team. I pray you will create a beacon of um, individuals to be around them in order for them to succeed with everything they need. I pray, Father God, for the purpose, the passion, the power that is necessary, Father God, in order for each and every one of us to continue to excel. I pray that they will start to see it, Father God. It won't be something where they've just heard, oh, it's possible, but they will start to see how it's possible you said in your word that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of god so father god as we've spoken spoken about your word spoken about your truth spoken about real life things we pray that people who are tuning into this podcast will understand that god is their source continue to do what only you can do we yield to your matchless infinite insight hindsight and foresight have your way and continue to lead us each and every day in jesus name i pray amen Amen, amen. Amen. Thank you all for logging on to the God is My Source podcast. We bridge the gap between the Bible and the culture so we can put God first. He can show us how to live an abundant life. So thank you all for logging on and see you all next time. Amen.